the top grossing movies at the box office yeah. last week. Toy Story, Men in Black, Godzilla. Um, there was another one. Child's Play or something yeah, like that. Yeah, What year are we in? 1999? What year are we in? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Wow. Like, is Hollywood just like, you know what? There's nothing else we can make a movie about. Let's just recreate everything else. It's exactly what's happening. There's remakes upon remakes upon remakes. There's I stuff they could make. That. They just know they're going to make money off of Toy Story 4. Yes. Oh, that's frustrating. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 16 of the Culture Shock Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Tyler Grant, and sitting across the table from me is... <gasps> Cody Hager. The Culture Shock Podcast is a podcast where we talk about culture, life, and everything in between. And this week, we will be talking about remakes and sequels. We'll be answering the question, has Hollywood lost all creativity and originality? But first, first Cody... yes. I have a question for you, as we always do. Always. Um, I was talking about this. I need to come up with a question for you. I feel bad. You're doing like this extra work every week. I'm doing week. so much work, man. I'm I doing just the show heavy up. lifting. I just show up. For, before the question, can we talk about what we've been doing this week? We just What you've been doing, man. I just jumped in today. Can we talk about what we did today? <laughs> yeah, what we did today. Okay, so it's been, been VBS week at the church. Vacation um, Bible school for those of you. Absolutely. So we've had about 700 kids, oh, plus gosh. about 100 students in our youth ministry, plus adults at the church. And today, Cody, who did we get to be on stage? Uh, us <laughs> and oh, Pac Man and Inky, Inky, the that's ghost. the name. Yeah, so we got to run around the stage. That was super fun as uh, some arcade characters. I had to be Pac Man, and I literally couldn't see anything. Almost fell off the stage. Um, you ran into me a few times. Did you really almost fall off? I think I probably did. Yeah, I actually hit you with a prop. I just went bam. I couldn't see anything. Yeah. So that was good times. Well, I'll talk about that a little bit more later in What You Bingeing, because I've been binging VBS. <laughs> um, but the question, the first question before the big question. Big question. question Cody, question. when was the last time you went a full day without being on social media? Ooh, gosh, man, I don't know. I know, right? Without at least checking it one time. Checking it at all. Because neither, neither of us post a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um. We post when there's big things that happen. We'll post some stories, but yeah. we never post on a regular basis. I mean, I don't think it's been like years. I think it was within the past past year or so. I feel like going camping, if you add up the hours, it was probably like 24 hours where I was out of cell phone range and I couldn't. And that's what it is. It's when we're out of cell phone range. But I'm willingly doing that, though. Because you're out not, of cell phone range. Yeah. For me, it was when I was in Kenya three, mm. three four months ago because yeah. I didn't have internet. Yeah, but it's not like us saying, okay, I'm going to take 24 hours and not look at social media. We're going to do something else, and it just so It's just become such a part of our life where it's always there. We're always checking it. Yeah. It made me like want to go on a little like binge without it. A hiatus? A kind of hiatus <laughs> from social media for a while. Yeah. Because I don't do anything really on it. I mean, there's some stuff on Culture Shock that I post and yeah. keep up with, but... I mean, I got now that I think about it, like when we went to Israel in what was that, twenty thirteen, something like that, twenty fourteen. Yeah. Um, it was the same thing. We didn't have cell ser- you probably had cell service, but you weren't gonna pay for the international data. Yes, we had to have internet when we were in Kenya to yeah. make it work. But you would only use Wi Fi. So like Correct. we would go the whole day, everybody's like taking pictures, and then as soon as you get in the hotel, it's like glued to the phone for like Absolutely. two hours. Absolutely. Do everything to like you can. Got to get my 600 in Galaxy of Heroes. Oh my gosh. You didn't have to bring that up. <laughs> Daily logging into that. So yeah, interesting thought on that one. It's, yeah. It's just part of who we are now. Social media is just, I don't know, it's a necessary evil now, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But last week we read our first review on the podcast. We had our first review segment. We don't have another one. <laughs> no, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Sadly, so we won't be reading one of those again this week. But hey, if you do like what you've heard or what you're going to hear, leave us a review. Leave us four or five stars on the Apple Podcast Store. Um, or subscribe three, to us. Maybe three. two. Dude, one even. Just let us know you're listening. Can you do a zero star? You can't. You have to do a one star. Why? I don't know. I mean, I, I guess just to say that there's something within it. I wonder if that would mess up with this, like mess up the statistics. I think it would mess up the averaging within it because yeah. if you put a zero into an average, like it would just mess it up. I if think. you put a zero into an average, it doesn't count. So you actually want to put a one instead of a zero. Yes. Because you see the people are like, if I could give a zero star, I would, but yes. it actually wouldn't help them if you gave a zero star. Agreed. So or hurt them. But 
We don't want a one star. Yeah, we're not talking. We about want a that. five star if possible. Say. So, for real, if, if you enjoy what you hear, let us know. We want to hear from you. Also, uh, follow us on Instagram or on Twitter. Instagram, we're at the Culture Shock Podcast. Check us out. We had another poll out this week. We'll answer it a little bit later on. Or shoot us an email over at theCultureShockPod at gmail.com. Yeah, just let us know that you're listening or you're enjoying. That was from memory, by that the way. That was pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, I'm very impressed with that. Um, mm-hmm. So I talked to you a little bit about my week. Cody, what have you been up to? Oh, man, I've just been working. Um, you know, we work here at the church and it's. Some people like summer is a really calm time in their jobs or whatever, and then some people it's just super busy. Yeah. Um, and it seems like it's been busier for me. Same. Yeah. It's, this summer has been insane, mm-hmm. and we're in July. Yeah. And it's just been stupid hot. What was the heat index yesterday? 109? 100, 105. I think it was 105. I thought it was 109. I'm going to say 109. Does it matter? <laughs> Between I had a, 105 I had a 10 minute lecture from our uh, VBS nurse to tell us make sure the kids are hydrated before we go out to a water day. Nobody They're inside out. all day, though. But then we went out to water day oh. afternoon. Nobody passed out, so it was good. That is good. Yeah, I'm very proud on that front. Good job. Way yeah. to keep them hydrated. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> uh, so as we said earlier, we're going to be talking a little bit about remakes and sequels. And the big question is, has Hollywood lost all creativity and originality? And we've been kind of thinking through this question for a while, but it really came back to my mind when Luke was on the podcast two weeks ago. Really? Yeah, you know, we were talking about movies, and he said... The, the box office at that time was mm-hmm. Men in Black, Child's Play, which is Chucky, Toy Story, and Godzilla. <laughs> all remakes, all 90s, early 2000s movies that were resurfacing and taking over the, bo- the box office those yeah. few weeks. Did, somebody said that it was like you were at the box office in 1997 or yeah, something. Yeah, it's exactly what yeah. it was like. And that's what we just kind of want to talk through. We've got a, we've got a lot of notes that we want to kind of hit on. We don't know exactly the structure we're going to be going through. But we never do. <laughs> we never really do. We're just going to be talking about remakes and sequels. And if they are good to the industry, if they're actually you know, edifying to watch, to make, or are they just trying to bring in a book? Um, so why do you, Cody, think that Hollywood is obsessed with making remakes and sequels? I know that, I, that's a weighted question, and we're going to talk through question. that. But I just want to get a conversation going. Okay, initial thoughts. Hollywood's obsessed with it because it – like it's all about marketing and name recognition and selling the movie tickets, right? Yes. We talked about this. Hollywood is going to follow the money. So if Always. you have a semi semi successful movie, you're almost guaranteed a sequel because yes. number one, in, in old Hollywood, you could reuse the sets, you could reuse the costumes. Like you have the actors already with contracts. Sometimes, like mm-hmm. it's just cheaper to do yeah. that instead of remaking everything or the special effects, whatever. Um, but nowadays it's more about like rain, uh, name recognition. Yes. Like you could make a space themed fantasy opera on your own, or you could just make another star Wars, which one's going to make more money. Exactly. Obviously star, star Wars. Wars. I was going to make that movie. And yeah. after I saw toy story four, I was kind of, it was either after I saw toy story four, after our Pixar ranking, I kind of went and did some more Pixar research ironically after we had the podcast, <laughs> but it was talking about toy story two and how, up until that time, a lot of animated movies never had sequels mm. because they were so expensive to make. Yeah, but the se- they they would have sequels in a way, but they would go straight to video. They wouldn't be a theatrical release. And Toy Story 2's original plan was to be a straight to video release. Really, it was. I'm glad they avoided that. I know, dude. <laughs> Toy Story 2 was a production nightmare. Go really? watch a video on it. It's really interesting. They they made the whole entire script, went and did most of the the movie, lost it, found it. And then scrapped it. How do you lose it? I don't remember exactly how. Oh, there was the computers just started to delete parts of the images. Like, oh, gosh. What he's bought, his, uh, <laughs> his cap was gone, and then his boots were gone. And then the movie just started being erased from the server. And it was found on one of the creative director's personal computers. They went and got the computer, was super careful with it, brought it back to the studio. And then, uh, who's the CEO of Pixar? I don't know. <laughs> um, John Lasseter. John Lasseter came in and watched it and said, nope, scrap every single bit of it. That's they so then sad. went and made the whole Toy Story 2 sequel in like 10 months and then put it out to, video, and to the theaters. So it's the whole sequels and remakes, especially in animated movies, is a very new concept past 20 years. So that was another interesting thought on it because now – all animated movies are getting remakes. I mean, Hotel Transylvania has three movies. That's ridiculous. I don't, you know, like... <laughs> That's ridiculous. Everything's getting a remake. Everything's getting a sequel because it's going to sell the easiest. 
it's still going to cost a lot of money to put into, but the return is going to be there. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I've got a couple thoughts on this too. You know, we're already into it, so I'm going to jump into it. Okay. First off, question for you. What is the worst sequel you've ever seen? The worst sequel I've or ever seen? Or a remake. I'd take a remake as well. And I'm counting like number three, number four, number five in the series. Man. I, I, I legit don't know. Okay. I'll answer for you Give because me. it's the correct answer. Transformers The Last Night. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I've never seen The Last Night. It's I've seen sucks. two, three, and four. It is Transformers so bad. is notorious for having bad remakes. Yeah, or first sequels. one was good. Yes, great movie. Not great, good, I think. Good, I don't know why I said It great. was fun, though. Yes. Yeah, it was good. And then um, they just progressively got worse. This was the one I was talking to you about where uh, they had a scene, I think, in the, in an old abandoned movie theater in yes. Transformers 5 where an old guy comes in, and it's his old movie theater that's broken down, and he says, ah, you know what? Hollywood only puts these remakes and sequels out. They don't make anything original anymore. It's so like, ironic. This is Transformers 5. Yeah. I don't know if y'all meant to be ironic in that moment, but it just didn't work. <laughs> like, yeah, Transformers fell into that big time. But anyway, back to my original point. Like, There's some absolutely terrible terrible sequels yeah. and then just fought there like there's a do you know there's a Paul Bart Mall Cop 2? Yes, there's a Grown Ups 2. There's a Grown Ups 2. There's a there's a sequel to Blair Witch Project. Really? Didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean there's just some absolutely terrible ones like the Superman movies in the 80s got really bad. Just even like poor. original MCU Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3. Iron Man 2 was... Weren't critically proclaimed at all. I yep. mean, there's a lot of that going on. But at the sequels. same time, I want to even this out because we're coming at it at kind of a negative perspective. All right? Can I hit one more negative perspective on sequels? Hey, why not? Splitting up sequels into part one and part two. Oh, Harry Potter, Deathly Hallows, part one, part two. That was the right choice. Okay. I think. Maybe. But like Mockingjay. Mockingjay. Hobbit, Hobbit, three movies, even Twilight. I mean, I don't watch those, but still, they split the fourth one into two parts. Mm-hmm. It's just, I think it's still a money grab. Okay, with what was the first one I said? The uh, Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. That's I, I'm okay with that one, honestly, because it was a big book, a lot to dissect. But the rest of it, it's a money grab. Mm-hmm. I really believe that. So that's there's a lot of negativity within sequels. But I think you wanted to turn it to positivity before I started talking. Yeah, I think there is a good side to it there's this article on the atlantic and it's labeled if you guys want to look it up spinoff city why hollywood is built on unoriginal ideas it came out in 2016 and i've been reading through it and it kind of shows the positives and the negatives like um you know you have your original movies come out like star wars and jaws in the 70s and it caused other movies to kind of flop uh it just shows the positive and negative side of it but some of the greatest movies even of all time i think are either a remake or a sequel in my mind okay all right, ready for this list? Yeah. Dark Knight. I knew that was the first one you were saying. Always. Yeah. Scarface is actually a remake of a 1932 film. Okay. Ocean's Eleven is a remake. That's not my top time, on top all-time list, but The Departed okay. is a remake. Yeah. A lot of these are remakes or they are, you know, sequels of some kind, like, for better or for worse, some people love, some people hate James Bond films, but by the 23rd one, they had amazing ones. Yeah. You know, like you have Casino Royale. And I'm blanking out on the one that comes right after that. Scepter. Spectre. Not Spectre. Spectre was not good. Um, I, n- I didn't see the new. I'd, I've never been big into James Bond, honestly. I've only watched all of them at least five times. <laughs> but still, that's that's yeah. remakes. That's sequels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have good, you have bad in, in it all. But the main question is, why is Hollywood obsessed with it? That's where you kick in. Obsessed with what part? I kind of zen up for a second. Oh, like sequels, remixes. Remixes? Money. money. I, I, I legit, I think it's two things. Okay. It's money, and I think it's to tap into the nostalgia factor. Yes. The, I think with the money, they, they know for sure that they're going to get a guaranteed buck from it because people want to see more of that story. Mm-hmm. It's going to cost them money up front to produce that movie. Regardless. But there's almost, yeah. I, I said this, this is almost word for word what I said seven minutes ago, but there's almost always a 100% guarantee of a return of that movie Mm -hmm. because people already know it's there. One big aspect of the nostalgia and this makes me think of Force Awakens. Okay. This this is a good kind of case file. I think so in a good way. Yeah. There was a lot of nostalgia, maybe a little too much. I'd agree Honestly, a little too much. 
but he was trying to remake in a way episode four in a new light. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was original in some ways, but there was some remakes within it. There was a lot of tieovers from episode four to episode seven, and the mo- and the movie did amazing, one of the biggest box office successes of all time. Mm-hmm. But then you go over to Last Jedi, Ooh. and I think this is where it gets interesting because Ryan Johnson. We 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 talked about this so many times, almost every three weeks. Ryan Johnson didn't go back and hone in on nostalgia. In a few ways he did. He brought Yoda back and a few things with Luke. Um, but he had a, a very original and new idea for a storyline. And it still made money, but it ruined the Star Wars franchise and fandom almost up until this moment. Pretty much. And the, the monetary loss didn't happen in Last Jedi, but it happened five months later with Solo. People were so mad that Solo was almost a flop in comparison to everything else. And Solo, fight me, was a good movie. I love Solo. I genuinely liked it. I went into that movie not liking it, not wanting to like it. I, I didn't even see opening weekend. Oh, I saw it opening weekend. But I went into it mad a little bit because of Les Jedi and because, like, how are you going to recast Han Solo? But by the end of that film, I actually liked it. But a lot of people hated on it simply because of the Last Jedi effect. And it's because Ryan took a risk. And that's why Hollywood doesn't want to take as many risks. I, I genuinely believe that. What's funny is that we're talking about taking a risk within a sequel. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. is, I know, it's that's, ironic. That's super but interesting. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I get exactly what you're saying. There's a formula that is sometimes elusive. Yeah. And they're willing to take risks on it sometimes, but it seems like when a risk is taken, yeah. you know, it, it always ends up burning the producers or burning the people who invest yes. in it and the fans. And I'm thinking. Even with this, with Tarantino's new movie coming out next weekend. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes. It's getting awesome pre-release like, reviews. Mm-hmm. 9.6 on IMDb now from the pre-releases. Going to be an awesome movie. Very original idea. Which yeah. Kind of. I mean, they're going to be talking about Hollywood in the 70s, but still an original idea screenplay. But it's not going to make as much money as Lion King is going to. As Lion King? Yeah. I would take a bet on that right now. You think so? I'm going to take a bet that it will be within... Fifty million at least. Uh, I want to hit this. I want to come back to this in a month. Okay. I'm really curious because Lion King I think comes you could out. Sell it. Lion King comes out this next weekend, the 18th or 19th, and then Hollywood comes out the week later. We're gonna have to give it some time. Yes, though. give it Let give it a month cool. and a half. Let's let's come back and let's look at that. That's gonna yep. be a really good. Somebody somebody fact check us on this and make sure we're gonna do it. Okay? Yeah, because we'll forget. <laughs> this is a good indicator. It's a it's a remake, a very solid remake that I'm excited about. We'll get into Lion King in just a little bit and Disney versus an original idea with Tarantino. Tarantino's always got original ideas up his sleeve. Yeah, that's true. And this one's gonna be original again. But then again. Mm. We could go so deep into this conversation. Tarantino has absolutely no original idea. The man literally recycles and reuses 1930s and 1940s stuff. Yeah. And, and it's, just, it's like stuff we don't know of, shot. though. Yeah. Yeah. People just don't know it. Yeah. But like sometimes there've been, I've seen some like video essay breakdowns of how Tarantino uses shot for shot different films that he talks about in interviews of like, yeah, this film, like I used a lot of, you know, yeah. XYZ as an influence. And, and it's just... Do you think that's being bankrupt on originality and creativity or just using great inspiration from shots and cinematography? Uh, I think, yeah. It, <laughs> there's, there's We're getting some, way... This is going weird. This is going pretty deep, but there is some quote about how the best artist is like the one that can copy the best. Yeah. And without being caught. Yes. You know, like every artist, artist is a counterfeit. Um, in some way. But it way. just depends on who gets caught. Yeah. And, yeah, in some way, you're always recreating something. You're, you know, there's never going to be an original idea. And originality can be subjective in a way. It can be. Yeah. But there's no world where Transformers 5 should ever be made. That's pretty much Amen. the only reason I came on this podcast. Oh, that's all the time we have for you this and week. we're done. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you have an interesting take on has Hollywood lost y'all creativity, and you have a take that it's went somewhere else, that it's not oh, necessarily yeah. in the film world, but it's – migrated to a different part of the entertainment industry. Yeah, for sure. So we talked about this some the other day. we got to stop talking before we... We do. We need to just, you know, every week we don't talk to each other for seven days. And then Thursday and then we, we just come in here. into one hour. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I've thought about this, like true creativity and things like that. You have film students who come up kind of from the grassroots of, of film or whatever and just really... Uh, have these creative ideas, and they're not going to get pushed towards feature films, especially now, 
you know, if you have a successful short film and it does well in like film festivals, Netflix is going to buy it. Yeah. So a lot of original film ideas are going to go to Netflix, which I mean, think about Netflix itself. It's almost at the point where it has had so many original ideas that people like that it can start remaking itself. Yes. Like all these tiny little movies that have come out, but they're Netflix releases. Um, Black Mirror is yes. massively popular, which it was actually a UK show before it was there. Was it really? Yeah. Um, nothing's ever new. I know. But it became known under you know Netflix. Yes, yeah. And uh, the Adam Sandler movie. Murder Mystery. Murder Mystery. With him and uh, Jennifer Aniston. That movie's obviously definitely not like an original script, original anything. You yeah. know, it's not a completely original idea. Yeah. But Netflix re- released it, and it was super successful on Netflix. Everybody was talking about it. But the idea is that with streaming services and kind of the way that the media is going, a lot of original ideas are going to come through Netflix, come through Hulu. I, I would use Handmaid's Tale, but that was a book that was yeah. written in the 80s. Come Still. in through HBO. Game of through Thrones. HBO and Game of Thrones, which, which was again a is a book. But it was an original idea yes. that uh, D.B. Weiss and David Benioff said, we want to make this into a film or into yeah. a movie now. And they were the creative force pushing that. And they were the creative force that went to George Martin and was like, can we do this? You know, so those people are getting pushed into the streaming realm. Yeah. And they're not going to 20th Century Fox as much anymore. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think that's more where the creativity comes in. I think that's an interesting take on it. Yeah. I would love to see some actual stats on it and to see, like, where the the actual creativity, creative people of the class are going. I don't, I don't know. Creativity is hard to. It's hard, hard to. to I mean, to <laughs> you know, judge. I know. Yeah. No. I, I I get what you're saying, and I think it really is getting pushed though to the TV side of things. Yeah. TV is becoming way more original. Mm-hmm. Great ideas within it, and a lot of people are just watching TV now. Yeah. And not in a traditional sense, but through streaming. I mean, movies have just started to. Die. People have always watched TV, but yeah. until the '90s, really. Yeah. You know, TV really took off and hasn't stopped since. Yeah. Which I'm going to talk about. Uh, I want to ask, which comes to the next question I want to ask you. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about streaming and Netflix in this with, in, as well. But what do you think is the most original movie or screenplay of the past decade or even 20 years? 20 years. I, I say since yeah, 2000. Let's, let's go with 20 years. Yeah. I mean, I see the list you already have on here, and you have the a lot one of, that I'm picking, of which course. Which one were you thinking? Inception. Yes, for sure. Inception. And which is crazy to me still because it's like, I think I read, and I'm probably not right. We should have had our fact checker do this. Go through our fact episode. checker. Go check us. Yeah, go go check us. But I think it is the most successful film that was written with an original screenplay. Something like that. I wow. don't know. But where Chris Nolan and his brother literally wrote it, okay. produced it, directed it, yes, and it was released. It yeah. wasn't like it went through a whole pipeline. It sat exactly. in the studio for a while. Um, but yeah, Inception was. The and, most original. And do you think if it would have went through a studio, had to go through all these different studio heads, it would have been the same idea? No. It would have been bogged down yeah. with Hollywood. Yeah. It wouldn't have had the originality that the Nolan Brothers had within it. We could do a whole Chris Nolan episode, and I'd be so happy with that. We could. But the dude's just great. Really original ideas. And the fact that he had had such success with movies like Memento, yes. um, with The Prestige, and then, of course, Dark Knight, or... Batman Begins. Yes. That's what allowed him to be able to do Inception, and it really paid off. So now they trust him. That's why they let him do a Dunkirk. Yes. Where there's like six lines of dialogue, no music. I have not seen Dunkirk yet, man. What is your problem? I know. No, Elizabeth it, doesn't love tough. war movies, so we didn't get to go to the theaters to see it. Which I, I will watch it with you. I got it on Blu-ray. Okay. But um, it was definitely a theater experience where you, like I said, there's no music, very yeah. little music. There is very little dialogue, and it's completely visual, and mm. pretty much it's just a ticking clock in the back for an it's hour and 45. beautiful, yeah. Yeah, and it's beautiful. But anyway, they trust him now, creativity, so they'll let it happen. Yeah. What do you think the most original one is of the past 20 years? I got, I got three ideas. I, I did put three Nolan movies there, Memento, Inception, and Interstellar. Interstellar's original. Memento I, isn't technically original. You don't think so? No, it isn't. It was from a short story that I think was written by Jonathan... Um, Nolan. Okay. But it was written in the 90s, and I thought he had gotten the idea from another article before. Okay. So it isn't entirely original, but it is an original it's, idea that came up through that pipeline. And it's very creative. I, I guess very I was going that in that light yeah. as well. Um, and then I actually went to the Pixar realm to Inside Out, 
which I thought was in the very original idea with the way that they brought in the emotions through these talking heads within your head. And, I'd agree with that. Um, I thought that was a very original idea, which Pixar, we can go either way. We were having to talk about this with one of our student ministry interns, Jake, about how Pixar used to be really create, creative. And then I think with a good dinosaur, they kind of, or origin, original, not creative. And then the good dinosaur came out and they kind of got scared because it flopped. So they started to make a little bit more remakes and sequels, Fighting Dory, Toy That's Story 4. That's interesting, yeah. But then they're coming out with some new original ideas from Pixar within the next two years as well. So it can go either way with Pixar. And then I think going to the Netflix area, I think Stranger Things. Ooh. It came out of nowhere, honestly. It's not a movie, but yeah. Yeah. That's why I said screenplay whenever mm-hmm. I ask you that. Oh, yeah. Very original idea, bringing back a lot of nostalgic trips within the yeah. 80s but it's not nostalgic ideas you know that they're they're kind of playing off dungeons and dragons in some ways with the demogorgon and all this all these things then they're bringing back different 80s things that make you miss the 80s for those of you who were in the yeah. 80s which just like little things like eight yeah. tracks and then the ham radio in the season and a little coke just but that's not things. within the story that's within little easter eggs mm-hmm. so i think the story as a whole season 1 and 2 which I haven't seen all of season three. Well, it'll come out later. Spoiler Within alert. our binging. Um, somebody dies. Oh, no. Somebody dies. I, I assume so because everybody says they've been crying when they see when they see the end of it. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil anything. it for me. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a very original screenplay and idea. And you never saw season one or two, did you? I saw parts of season one. Sarah wouldn't. Sarah just watched it all the way through and didn't care. Yeah. Um, so then the next question I have Mm-hmm. We, we've talked about it a little bit. Is nostalgia overrated? What do you mean? Like overrated? It shouldn't know. be used. I don't know. Is it overrated? Because a lot of movies are going to tap into nostalgia just to make you happy, and, and you're going to walk out of the movie. Oh, that movie made me feel good because it made me remember this thing. But does the nostalgia override the story? They're using nostalgia to overcompensate for a lack of a story. Yeah, I think you just said it, though. Like, I don't think nostalgia is overrated. It just has to be done right. Exactly. Like, everyone is always, not everyone, but a lot of people look at the past with rose-tinted glasses. Yes. You know, oh, remember the good old days, like, when we're 70, we'll be like, remember the good old days of the early 2000s, you know? Mm -hmm. And people even do that with music even now. Like, oh, the 2000s fans were so good. And when they were coming out, people were like, what is this trash? Yeah. It's terrible. Who would listen to Blink-182? And now now there are even kids who are like, oh, Blink-182, though. Like, yeah. It's just weird. I know. And the same thing happened with our generations with the 80s. Yes. Like, 80s music, when it came out, what is this crap? I still don't like 80s music. There's some I do like. But anyway, nostalgia just has to be done right in film. Like, your whole thing cannot rest upon nostalgia. Stranger Things wouldn't work if it was all about Dungeons and Dragons. Exactly. And 80s, you know, the new Coke. But when you bring it in for a shot. When you bring it in and make it a piece of the story and not the piece that you know, makes the entire story. Exactly. That's when, yeah. So nostalgia can be done wrong. As long as, long as you don't, I, don't become over-reliant on it. Yeah. Which, what we were saying with Star Wars Force Awakens, JJ came really close to making it to. I agree. Just with it being like, oh, there's a planet. He really like wanted that, those nostalgia trips in a lot of ways. Yeah, he did. And I mean, there were some great nostalgia trips. Like the first time you see the Falcon, like mm-hmm. what's that piece of junk over there? Pans, it's a Falcon. That's a great nostalgia trip. Yeah. But then they go through and use story nostalgia trips almost too much. Well, yeah, like if there were a better climax to the movie, yes. I think, and if they would have left everything else in place, it would be a much better movie Agreed. for it. Yeah. Agreed with that. But it, no, it's not overrated. It just has to be done right. Done, done right. I agree done with that. Correctly. Yeah. And then one of the big reasons this is coming out at this time, this podcast, this episode, is because of what is coming out in a week. And that's the Lion King remake. Right after Toy Story 4. And it, <laughs> Disney has been milking remakes. And the Mulan remake trailer. and Literally then, just came out. Was, was it The Little Mermaid? Is that what it is? So they cast that girl as The Little Mermaid. And everybody was up in arms because she wasn't a white girl. But then no one was actually up in arms because everyone was just talking about everyone was up in arms. And no one actually was up in arms. Exactly. Yeah. One of those things. Well, yeah. Something happened. So I went through and I kind of listed out all of the Disney remakes that have been out. Did you do this from memory or did you look this oh, up? Oh, dude, I had to look these up. This is sickening. <laughs> um, so I want to talk through them just a little this bit. This is a problem. The Disney remake train actually started... With the first Jungle Book remake. I didn't put this one on the list. This was from the early 80s, I believe. 
I should have copied that one and put it on the list. What, Not the Jungle lot. Book? Yeah, the first Jungle Book live-action remake. Oh, there was a live-action remake of the Jungle Book in the 80s? Yes. Maybe even before then. I didn't even know this. Yes. Wow, okay. And and then it came back into fruition. I don't know if fruition is the right fruition. word. Elizabeth makes fun of me for using, I try to use big words and sound smart, and sometimes they're not the right words. You're not wearing your glasses today is the I'm real not. problem. They're fogging up. <laughs> so it started back in 96 with 101 Dalmatians, and then in 2000 with 101 Dalmatians 2, or 102 Dalmatians. I don't remember the name of it. I tend to forget about those two movies and that they were live-action remakes. I, oh, gosh, they were. With Corel, you know? Yes. Like, Interesting, I about right? That too. Yeah, that's when the live-action remakes actually start, and then they become big again in the early two thousands with Alice in Wonderland. Hmm. Did okay. you ever see those? That was the weird one. That was right? Tim Burton. Yeah, no, nah, that that kind of scared me too. They much. were weird. <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm. Yes, went with Alice in Wonderland, and then I think the big one that really kicked it off was Maleficent. Maleficent. Maleficent was a remake of the Sleeping Beauty story with Angelina Jolie as Maleficent. And this is whenever you really saw a Disney princess and a Disney villain on screen, like from the original Disney days. Live action. Live action. Yeah. Correct. And then Cinderella came after Maleficent. And then The Jungle Book, which was a little bit more of a lenient take on the story because it kind of leaned into the live action a lot. And it brought back two, only two of the songs, and the story was very loosely based on the Jungle Book. The Jungle that was I thought it was decent. I, I, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah. It was very impressive. Alice Through the Looking Glass. And then I think my favorite live-action remake has been Beauty and the Beast. Did, really? you, did you ever see the live-action remake? No. Mm-mm. It was uh, Emma um, Hermione. Emma. I want to say Emma Stone. I, I do, know, too. That's not it. <laughs> oh, my so gosh. Emma Watson? Emma Watson, yes. Yeah. That was a brain fart. Uh, it was her playing Belle, and I thought it was very well done, almost a shot-for-shot remake of the movie with one added song. I enjoyed it. So You know what they're doing, though? Like, it, it's these movies came out in the 80s or the 90s, right? Or were they before that, the 70s? Early 90s. Early 90s. Beauty and the Beast in those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Came out and then, so that is literally our generation growing up watching them. Yeah. Our generation is having children, but we don't want to sit through an entire animated movie with our children. So we go, we buy the Blu-ray of yes. the animated movie, Disney gets money, and we go watch it with our kids. Then we go to the movie theater to watch the live action remake of the animated so movie. So they're making money bought. on both ends. Both ends. You know what movie I bought after I saw Beauty and the Beast in theaters and before I bought Beauty and the Beast on Blu-ray? What? Beauty and the Beast animated. Duh. I bought that in between. Yeah. And they made You're money. You're the problem, Tyler. I am the problem with these. <laughs> and then going through the list more, this does not stop yet, guys. Christopher Robin. Oh, I thought it was over. No, not even close. Okay, Christopher Robin. Did you see it? Halt. Yes. I did not. It was fantastic. Okay. It was so good, and it wasn't. And it was, it was Obi Wan playing Christopher Robin. I am the That's problem. That's the best part of it. I am the problem. I'm so sorry. But no, it was a completely different story. It wasn't a remake. Correct. And that was really, really cute that they did that. Agreed. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the past few months. We got Dumbo in March. Just the last few months. Aladdin in June. And then Lion King in a week. That's just this summer. That's insane. Of live action remakes. Disney owns the world. This week, we got the trailer of Mulan. Mm-hmm. And then. End of this year, Lady and the Tramp. Then next year we have Mulan, Cruella, Sword in the Stone, Little Mermaid, Hunchback, and then more to come. Oh my gosh. That's what I put, oh my gosh. It just doesn't stop. Why does Sword in the Stone actually, Sword in the Stone actually sound like a cool remake, like live action? That I'd, would be kind of cool. I'll, I'll, I'll see that one. Yeah. And I'll see most of these. You think? I, I really think I will. Will you go see Cruella? No. Cruella. <laughs> I enjoy them. I really, for the most part, yeah. not all of them. I'm I'm very excited about the Lion King remake. Mm-hmm. I really I am, am because the Lion King is one of my favorite movies of all time, top 10. So I'm excited to see what they're going to do with it. They have an incredible cast, unreal cast coming in to do it. And the trailers are almost shot for shot of the original, and they just, it just it's just going to be wonderful. I'm really excited about that. Just that cast, man. I know. Which I st- oh my god! I still think it's going to make more money than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We'll, we'll find see. out very soon. We'll see. What do you think about all the Disney remakes? Uh, I mean, I think it's just Disney's bread and butter. 
Like yeah. it, it's going to make sense. It makes sense for them to do remakes and to hit a new generation every time. They can't just say, "All right, well, hey, that was fun. We're going to try some original ideas for the next twenty years and just see how they work." Yeah, like that made it kind of in the nineties, but still the the movies that like Cinderella. That's obviously a story from a long time ago, right? Yeah. And like all of these are, the Jungle Book was a book before. It was an actual book. It was a book. Yeah. Yes. Um, Beauty and the Beast, like these are old fables and, and things like that. Yeah. That they're literally just making, and, and then they remake, and then they remake, and then they remake. And for Disney, it's not because they're void of originality; it's because they're just making so much stuff. I mean, Wreck It Ralph came out recently. Wreck It mm-hmm. Ralph two, Zootopia. Those are just two off the top of my head I can think of of completely original ideas. Is Wreck It Ralph completely original? I mean, it's based off a video game, so there's nostalgia trips coming in within there. Yeah, but who actually played but Wreck-It Ralph? The idea of Wreck-It Ralph... No, Wreck-It Ralph was not an actual game. Oh, it wasn't? No, that was created by Disney. But they okay. pulled in different video game characters to... To, like, sell To it. fatten up the story and to bring in some nostalgia within it. Never knew. Never watched it. Um, I mean, Frozen... There's, there's a lot of... There were a lot of original ideas that were still coming out and that are still coming out... I think they're just trying to milk more money and to just create, like, make a movie every month. That's what they're doing, and they're just trying to bring that back in as well. So let me throw something at you real interesting. Movie companies, the way I understand it, are, are film production companies. Mm-hmm. 20th Century Fox, Warner sure. Brothers, them. Yeah. yeah. They have, I mean, hundreds or thousands of finished scripts at their disposal. Yes. And what they do is they go through and they pick which ones and what release schedule they want to. Do them on with the production schedules. Yeah. Like that. They cast it. They figure out the directors, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What always fascinates me is like there could be the greatest movie ever made in one of those scripts. But it just has not been greenlighted. But it just has not been greenlighted. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That blows my mind. Well, and that's been like written. there's how much originality, how much creativity sitting in yeah. a vault somewhere yeah. at 20th Century Fox headquarters. I, yeah. Or it was written 2003 and it just got – Released in 2019. Yeah. I was just looking at Wreck-It Ralph. That original idea, they wrote it in the 80s. Oh, okay, yeah. (laughs) With, like, 8-bit games and stuff. Wow. And then it finally happened. Yeah. You know. Which, I loved Wreck-It Ralph. I thought it was a very fun movie. Yeah. I would love video games, so that was a fun trip within that. And then the last thing I want to talk about before we move into our last few segments is sequel problems again. Kind of with, in the realm of Marvel and Star Wars. Yeah. Marvel is... That's all they are right now. Sequels, 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 sequels. Remakes, remakes, remakes. Is there a problem within that? No, not with Marvel. Yeah, in my opinion, because they're telling one overarching story. Okay, right. Do you think that there is some Marvel burnout going on? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't know how well Spider Man's doing off the top of my head. It's been out what a week now, week and a half. Yeah, Um, I'm sure it's doing fine. But I think the general sentiment of people is like, okay, it was good. Like we do need a rest, and Marvel knows that too. That's why they've not. They've talked about their release schedule, yeah. but not the movies. Mm-hmm. And once again, I haven't seen Far From Home yet, so I don't know what kind of happens in the post-credits and what they're anticipating in the future. You don't say anything. I can't say anything. I, I, I want to. Spoiled. You should step out of the room so I can talk about it. Then I have to <laughs> edit the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but th- there is Marvel burnout. Yeah, I think so. And that is part of the problem, but they released 20 movies in 20 years or exactly. whatever. Exactly. Like, Brings us to the next topic with Star Wars. There was definite Star Wars burnout. There was such a long yeah. period of time without it. And then 2015, we brought it back mm-hmm. and did not stop. Yeah, and it was relentless. Think about the Star Wars release schedule for the past uh, 30, 40 years. Yes. Actually, 42. Um, right? Yeah. Yeah, since 42 years. Since 70, 77. 70. You had Star Wars 77, 82, and then 87? 77, 80, 82. 283. So uh, it's six years. I thought they took a lot longer. Six for years was the, the original one. trilogy. So six years. Yeah. Three movies in six years. Big break until Phantom Menace in 99. Man, I'm so bad right yeah. now. So regardless, you had 15 years or yep. whatever. 99 to 2005 was Re- Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Six more years. And then another 10 years. And then after that, you had four movies in four years, right? Yeah. So that is kind of why... I guess. Yeah. Like you had what Rogue One, Solo, Last Jedi, and Force Awakens. Force Awakens. So I don't know. Star Wars. It, Star Wars is one of those things now where going forward for the next thirty years, they should probably only release five movies. And I'm I'm really you know, excited about Rise of the Skywalker because it's been a year and a half. Because mm-hmm. Solo they pushed up. 
because it was originally going to be another December release, but they did it in May. So uh, Last Jedi came out December. Mm-hmm. Five months later, Solo came out. Yeah. A lot. Now we've been over going to be a year and a half in December, and we're going to be excited. Solo came out. Yeah. Yeah. So the Star Wars burnout is going to be deviated just a little bit within that. I think people are, are – that's my feeling, though, that people are ready for the next one. But it's like you have to – not even just a release schedule, but you have to give it time for people to – think about it or for it to kind of go out of your mind or for it to you to reminisce on it and be like you know like man that actually was good or i wonder what they are gonna do yeah you can't just have it coming out continuously unless you're gonna do something like a television show where you give just a little piece of the information exactly. here a little piece there yeah so. so cody to close it out is hollywood void of creativity and originality no no of course not agreed they just don't always do a good job managing of it. conveying what money yeah yeah money, money takes speaks. place over over originality i think that's times. what it is i want to leave with another favorite remake okay all right ready yeah mad max fury road okay oh which yes there was there's a list <laughs> that i found on imdb of the most original film since 2000 oh there's actually a list for this yeah it's oh it's a poll it's a poll. It's thirty-five movies. Hardcore Henry got put on because it's <laughs> because it's a first-person view. The whole movie. I mean, it's for VR, is what it's for. Yeah, very original though. It's not may not be the yes. best movie. Yeah, Mad Max Fury Road, Birdman, Budapest Hotel, Boyhood, which was a movie that they took what twelve years to shoot because it was actually this kid growing up. I don't know if that's an original idea. Avatar. That's just annoying. Inception. Cloud Atlas, Ooh. Tree uh, of Life is really good. We talked about this the other day, Tree of Life. I was trying to, that's Terrence Malick. And yeah. He is a very original filmmaker. Very weird, though. Requiem for a Dream, is that Tarantino? No, that is, uh, oh, it's a it's a Russian-sounding name, Eastern European. Cool. Memento, Donnie Darko. So, yeah, there is there is still originality out in the world, oh, out in sure. Hollywood. I think we're about to see it in two weeks. I'm excited about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. I think it's going to be a great original screenplay and idea. You know what we should do? What? An episode where we have our favorite Jared Leto films. <laughs> because of... Definitely Rick Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Darren Aronofsky. Aronofsky. Okay. He That's did uh, Requiem for a Dream. He's done a couple other really weird ones. Cool. Well, I think we've kind of exhausted that topic. <laughs> I guess. For the, we, we, there's other things we could definitely talk about, but we're kind of running short on time within that. So, Cody, yep. what's in the news? Uh, well, we talked about this briefly last time. Do, the last time we recorded, was it, that? That was last Tuesday. It's been a while. It's been a week and a half. Were, was that the final World Cup we game? Just no, that was Sunday. Semifinals. We saw the semifinals. Well, our U.S. women are World Cup champ. Yeah, they are. America. I didn't get to watch any of the game because I was driving through a place with no cell service. It was a tight first half. And then I think it was a penalty. 2 0 was the, the score. Rose Lavelle hit a uh, beautiful shot. Dude, that, that U.S. Two-nil. women's team has brought up a lot of controversy within media. I'm all for it, dude. I, we don't have to get too opinionated, but those um, girls are freaking awesome. I agree. On I, the whole. Man. And they will go down as one of the best soccer teams, period, man. in history. There was so much toxicity. Because we have a lot of very, very right-wing people that we've grown up with. That and we're just in general opinionated people. Yes, and <laughs> like, they speak very loud about very it. very loud, I one was, way or the other. I mean, I was rocking you to bed the other night, and I was just scrolling through Facebook. This is your weekly rage moment. <laughs> <laughs> weekly rage moment. Um, but I, I was mm, – it was a post, and – it's a, it was a picture of a Megan Rapinoe. It was her kneeling and w- before a game. Oh, during the anthem. It's like, how stupid do you look when you respect your own nation? Blah, 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 blah. I don't want to get into the talks of that. I don't want to talk about kneeling and all Tell that stuff. Tell me that was a funny comment, though. But it's just the comments on it, man. Like, POS, piece of crap. They shouldn't be allowed to play if they do this. I don't even. I don't. I don't want to say some of these because they're so just terrible, demeaning. And that's on one of like your personal friends. This isn't like some stupid page. He's an older guy. Yeah, probably 50, late fifties. Mm-hmm. Very hardcore, right wing, conservative, but very loud and very mean. Yeah, within I, it. And we aren't going to get into our own beliefs and and things on that. No, but I will say, for general advice for anybody, if you get a like 
a rage over something you see like that on Facebook. Just think about if you were talking to that person face to face, exactly, man, and you like, had an actual conversation. All right, like, what do you think? And about I saw people XYZ? like even on a, a church page I'm on. They're talking visual church visual media. They're like, oh, any y'all posts in the score like live scores during the game? People are like, oh, that's funny, joking, lol. And then somebody posts like, we wouldn't even do that for a real sport like football. <laughs> Nevertheless, women's soccer rage. Actual man, rage. People are the that worst. Makes me so mad. But it, yeah, I'm, man, two World Cups in a row. That's two. Pretty big. I mean, that's two victories in a. That's three finals in a row. That's so hard to do. It's unreal. I don't care. Like I don't care what sport you're playing. If you're playing croquet and you win two World Championships in a row, like that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, did I say U.S. men's? You typed in U.S.M.N.N.T. in our Google Drive. Did I say something wrong within that? I don't know, but it was the women, obviously. It was the women. Who the men are not going to win a World then Cup anytime soon. the men lost the gold <laughs> cup that same night. <laughs> Dude, that was so annoying. You came over for the first half, which this is a funny story. Cody came over to my house that night. I had a meeting for VBS and Bible study and stuff. Cody texted me. He was going to come over and watch the game. He got there before I did, so he went into my house. Hold on. You said you guys were going to be back at 8.45. 7.45. Or whatever it was, 7.45. I was wrong. I was there at 7.45. Cody got there. I was still 10 minutes away. I said, hey, go ahead and light up the grill. So he goes, finds the spare key, probably on his ring now. <laughs> goes, lights up the grill, and then he cooks his dinner with the food he brought <laughs> in our house. I knew how to do everything. I knew where it all was. And you guys, I'm sure we're going to be hungry. So I just went ahead and did it. It was so nice. It was the day we got back. I'm from. still waiting to get paid for that. Uh, you got Venmo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then one other thing that came out in the news, I think yesterday, was the new image of the Sith Trooper. For episode nine. Yeah. What you think about it? I was telling you, it's very red. (laughs) Very red. (laughs) Like, it is as red as red can get red. I think it looks really cool, though. It looks dope. I'm excited for it. Just red and black. Reminds me of Atlanta United. People in my Galaxy of Heroes guild are upset because there's a Sith Trooper in Galaxy of Heroes now. There is, yeah. But it's based off, you know, Old Republic, so it's not the same one. Once this new movie comes out, there's going to be a lot of Galaxy of Heroes characters. Yes, there are. going to be released. Cover that, or Galaxy of Heroes episode. Yeah, just wait for that Galaxy of Heroes. Oh, it's going to come out. We are losing listeners. Losing listeners by the second. If you've made it 46 minutes into this episode, I'm so thankful for you. Kudos to you. You are so awesome. So, Cody... Yeah. We're, we're wrapping it up. You want me to? I, I got this. I oh, got this. Okay. Because I got to think about what I want to say. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Tyler. Yes, Cody. What have you been binging what this past been week and a half? binging? So, we've been away for a while. Been away. We had... Um, happy birthday, America. Sorry. Happy birthday, America. That was a great week. We were at the lake for a while. I finished a book. Yeah? Educated. Whoa. Finished it. What'd you think? Enjoyed it. Yeah. Very good read. I love the, like survivalist families, cult-like family stories. You love those things? Really? Tell me more. <laughs> now, I'm actually, we're starting a cult now. <laughs> no, it's just... FBI, re- we're just kidding. <laughs> where it's really interesting to read and just to hear about how people were raised. Really enjoyed the book. Yeah. I, I put down about 200 pages while I was at the lake, so I finished Dang, it. Dang, that's T- putting in some work. Took me over 30 days. I was off on my over-under. Um, VBS, I've been binging VBS. Uh, say yes, 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 yes to v- v- VBS. VBS. <laughs> Stranger Things just started. We're on episode three of season three, so hopefully we'll finish that out soon. And then i got two podcasts to plug as well. First one, I've been listening to uh, Maddie and Pete, two YouTubers, uh, Peter McKinnon and Maddie. You, so you've been listening to it? Yeah, I'm on episode five of Is that. it actually good? I mean, it's kind of like what we are. We just sit down and talk. They, they kind of have a... But they're way cooler than we are, they so are, dude, probably listen so, to them instead of hey, us. Hey, uh, Peter McKinnon, if you're listening to this, dude, Pete. hit us up. We will fly to Canada. Dude, I have been watching him since he had like 400,000 followers, Same. which I know sounds like a lot, Same. but still, he rose so fast. Okay, another quick one. I think we talked about this. Have you watched Mr. Beast on YouTube? No, you've shown me some videos of his, though. Okay, so he's like taking over the internet. Has like 22 million subscribers on YouTube. I started watching him when he was at like one mil, and now he's at 22 million. It's been like two years. That's pretty Three impressive, years. though. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. I'm pretty proud of that one. So yeah, listening to Maddie and Pete podcasts and a few other podcasts, and then another one um, that our really good friends Jared and Abby Dormady started. It's called We Extra. It's just the story of. I'm thinking of the theme song right now. <laughs> yeah, it's it gets stuck in your it's head. So it's the story of uh, their life and their. Um, and their kids and what they've been through. And it's a it's a great podcast. Very mm-hmm. different than ours. I've talked to Jared a lot about it because ours is really light. And sometimes we want to do stuff that's deeper and a little bit more life-giving. And Jared's like, ours is really heavy. Yeah. I want to do something lighter. So yeah. we have this weird different dynamic within it. 
dude, highly recommend you going and checking out We yeah. Extra if you're listening to that. It's a great story. Absolutely. So, Cody. Yep. What you been binging? So, uh, like I said, man, I keep I feel like I say this every week, and I want it to finally change for once in my life. But it has been so busy. The only time I really have to like watch anything or binge anything, you know, like we're talking about, is podcasts in the car. Yeah. And then sometimes at work when I'm doing paperwork. Other than that, like I go home, like Sarah and I will maybe watch Big Brother. Yeah. But they release like three episodes a week, which sounds like not a lot, but man, like that's all the TV time we have. And then maybe The Office. Yeah, maybe The Office, but that's because I don't want to think about anything. I just want to like, ugh. Exactly. Chill out. But anyway, uh, two podcasts I've been listening to. Um, A couple weeks ago, Shelton, my brother-in-law, recommended in our E3 episode a podcast called History on Fire. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and I kind of just let it sit in back in my mind, and I was really interested on Theodore Roosevelt. For some reason, I just go through phases of different people and stuff. So anyway, I was looking up, and uh, History on Fire, um, the guy who does it, uh, has a three-part series on Theodore Roosevelt, and it has been fantastic so far. Nice. you're way more into history than I am. Yeah, I really, really am. Yeah. Cody's been thinking about doing a church history podcast separate from this one. Or just a general history podcast. Yeah. Um, but church history, dude. I'll be a guest on that oh, one. I don't so know if I'll be a weekly. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we take things way too not serious. <laughs> yes, that would be hard for me on that history front. Anyway, I could wholeheartedly recommend History on Fire. And then the Malcolm Gladwell podcast, uh, Revisionist History. Um, that was really, really good. And... I, I'm going to tell you guys just to go listen to it, but he released an episode, Revisionist History. Go look it up. And there was an episode on the 4th of July that came out. Nice. Okay. And when you think of the 4th of July and you think of the Boston Tea Party, what are like, what do you, what comes to mind for you? Uh, like old wooden boats and tea. Okay. But like, why do you think that they dumped the tea? For freedom from England. Freedom from England. Right. Yes. So in the podcast, I won't spoil the whole thing. He details how pretty much everybody who did that were essentially scoundrels and pirates, and America is America because it's gangsters trying to go straight. Okay. Dead serious. Interesting. And he, like, straight up name drops a lot of the revolutionaries and was like, yeah, they were smuggling a lot of money or smuggling a lot of tea in because tea was a very high-priced commodity and something that the British were rightfully taxing, but they were cracking down on pirates. You know the last time that happened? Dude, dude, ask the Emperor of the Galaxy how that goes out whenever the whenever the rebels come together. <laughs> I'm trying to the Tatooine Tea Party. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Anyway, super interesting. Just go listen to it. I can't explain it like he does, uh, but it's great. Yeah, I'm gonna check one of those out when I'm not listening to my other 17 podcasts. Did so many. Oh, I know. I listen books. to a lot too. So much. Also, uh, Big Brother though. Check it. Check it. I gotta get going because this is about to storm and my dog is gonna go crazy. Your dog's probably already ran away. Dude, we bought him some like calm treats. You mean you bought him weed? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> no, not really. I don't buy my dog weed, but it is like treats that calm him down when it storms. So hopefully that'll work. They come Did in. Did you today. give it to him? Uh, they came in this afternoon. So hopefully they'll work. I'll let you know yeah. next week. Yeah. Yep. I hope it works. <laughs> well, I think that's all the time we have for you this week on the Culture Shock Podcast. We'll see you next week. Bye.